everybody, Andrarchy here, and today's video is about how to develop a killer morning routine. Notice how I said develop? That's because, as always, this is not about me telling you what is right. It's about me having a conversation with you about the information I've gathered. We're all different and we all change, so what works for me might not work for you, and what works for me today might not work for me tomorrow. The first question I think we need to ask is, what are we trying to accomplish? What's our goal? As Professor Jordan B. Peterson explains in his amazing Maps of Meaning lecture series available on YouTube, it is our goals which give our lives meaning by giving us a means for assessing whether we are making progress. Without goals, your mind can't determine whether it's making progress and so has no reason to release the pleasure chemical dopamine. Dopamine is released when we get feedback from our environment that we're making progress. A scientific fact that's used by app and game developers sometimes irresponsibly to get us addicted. We're designed to move forward, but where to? I have some answers to these questions, but I think part of the process has to be figuring this stuff out for yourself, not listening to what someone else tells you. I mean, if we all have the same goals, we could all wind up competing with each other. At the same time, I do believe that there are certain human universals. As Peterson points out, we're information foragers. We go out into the unknown, the terrifying unknown, and we gather things of value. I think that's obviously true, but at the same time, we take that information and use it to make tools. We're also creators, and it's the act of creation that I find to be especially rewarding, along with the engagement and feedback that results when I do that well. There are numerous studies that find that happy people are more productive, but as is so common with modern science, they've got it totally backwards. Productive people are happy, not the other way around. You cannot make someone happy and then watch them become more productive, unless, of course, you give them the autonomy and freedom to produce what they believe will add the most value to an enterprise, in which case, yeah, they'll be happier. Duh. So, for me personally, my goal is to be productive, to produce things every day that add value to other people's lives and hopefully one day be able to look back at my life with pride and a sincere belief that I helped make the world a better place to exist. Maybe your goal is different, but I think at its core, it probably won't be. We evolved to want that. We just exist in a society that is more interested in convincing you that your purpose in life is to consume. All right. On to the morning routine. My goal is to have a productive day, and to do that, I have to start accomplishing things. I have to make progress. But at the same time, if I do something that feels like work, that's going to make me dread waking up, which is going to make me dread going to sleep, which is going to give me insomnia, and that's not good. That's why I start with Wim Hof breathing right in bed. I'm already breathing after all, I just have to take deeper breaths. Wim Hof breathing is basically intentional hyperventilation. You take extremely deep breaths until your lungs literally can't hold any more air and then exhale. You do this 30 times. There are lots of deep breathing methods you can try, but I like doing the breaths relatively fast. For the first 15 breaths, I'll be honest, I often want to stop and just go back to sleep. But Around the 15 breath mark, I start to get in the zone and my body gets tingly. Some people don't like this as it does indicate that you're hyperventilating. But hyperventilation isn't necessarily a bad thing. It raises the pH level of your blood, making it less acidic and has been shown to increase physical performance. 
But that's not really why I do this. I, I do it because it makes me feel good. It, it makes the next part feel better. And it makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something. It's not about doing the breathing technique. Specific goals are dangerous. First, because they make you feel inadequate when you can't meet them. And at the same time, they make you resistant to change even if the goal is no longer a good one. My goal is just to do stuff. As Dr. David Burns wrote in his book, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, motivation does not come first, action does. You have to prime the pump. Then you will begin to get motivated and the fluids will flow spontaneously. After the 30 deep breaths, you exhale and then hold your breath, which you should be able to do for much longer than you otherwise would be because another side effect of hyperventilation is that it decreases the levels of CO2 in your blood, which dramatically reduces your need to breathe. This is part of what makes this breathing technique dangerous and why you should proceed with extreme caution. Do not attempt this if you are worried about passing out and don't put yourself in a dangerous position in case you do. Personally, I think introducing a little controlled danger into your life is both fun and it makes you more resilient. It's like hyperventilation, Psh, no big deal. I was able to pretty quickly go without oxygen for three minutes, but your results may vary. The longer you hold out, the more pleasurable the next phase will be. You have to ignore your breathing reflex, but once you do, you'll realize that your body doesn't need air, at least not yet. I've been experimenting with what to do during these two to three minutes, and I suggest you do too, but what's been working for me is alternating between a few things. I always try to think about what I'm grateful for. It can get a little repetitive, but when that happens, I recommend trying to go a bit deeper. Like, I would always think about my girlfriend and why I'm thankful for her, so that started to feel repetitive and empty not feelings I want to associate with my significant other. So I started to think about what exactly she does that I'm grateful for. Thought about how many of my eccentricities and quirks she tolerates, how open she is to new ideas, including those that challenge her own. That being said, if it starts feeling like work, move on to something else. But if you don't force yourself to look for new things to be grateful for, you won't find any even though the world is filled with them. It's a tough balancing act but I think we get better at it with practice. Next, I visualize what I'm going to do during the day that will make it great. Everyone's heard about the benefits of visualization, but thanks to Peterson's lectures, I realized that what I'm doing is setting up very specific goalposts to reach that will put me closer to my broader goals. Each time I reach one of those goalposts, dopamine will be released giving me pleasure for the specific purpose of motivating me to keep going and get more stuff done that will move me measurably closer to my goals. Lately, I've been experimenting with another option, mindfulness meditation, another practice with scientifically proven benefits. I found a great lying meditation by John Kabat-Zinn that works in nicely, and I'll include in the companion piece on Steemit, link in the description. This highlights something at the heart of this discussion, that by constantly experimenting with our morning routine and constantly evaluating whether it's helping us to move closer to our goals, we're also constantly improving it, constantly cramming as much goodness in there as possible. What I think makes 
a little bit of mindfulness meditation, a good addition to the morning routine, especially in this location where it literally requires zero additional effort, is that mindfulness is about putting yourself in touch with your body, which I think is also at the core of the Wim Hof method. When we hyperventilate and breath hold, we are intentionally interacting with and controlling our body. Studies have found that we're increasing human growth hormone and cortisol, uh, a stress chemical, in addition to the effects on CO2 levels and pH. Once you know that, every time you consciously engage in the Wim Hof method, you are by definition consciously controlling the amount of acid, cortisol, CO2, and growth hormone in your blood. Not only that, but you become more aware and conscious of your breathing, not just in the moment, but throughout the day. I now do the same deep breathing, but without the breath hold, on the way to the gym and find my cardio is massively improved. Whenever I want to regain control of my emotions or my body, I'll also do those deep breaths and I seem to automatically revert back to the focused, mindful state I enter when performing Wim Hof breathing in the morning. I was never really good at meditating before, but something about the controlled breathing, the counting to 30, the physiological changes I feel occurring in my body really puts me in the zone and enables me to be conscious of every part of my body in a way I never was before. People usually do several rounds of this breathing, but I never personally saw much benefit to doing more than one. So I move right on to another part of the Wim Hof method, which is adding an exercise to the breath hold. So I take another 20 deep breaths and then carefully, very carefully, get out of bed and walk over to a space where I can perform some exercise while taking the remaining 10 breaths. Push-ups seem to be the most commonly used exercise here and I was definitely blown away by how many I was able to do without breathing. But I've also done pull-ups and plank with impressive results. I also do combinations of both. Whatever I do, I exercise until I absolutely have to breathe. If you can hold out long enough, you can experience a high, which is nice, but be careful that's because you're asphyxiating yourself. That's why people die from autoerotic asphyxiation. So if you start feeling that, take a deep breath in and squeeze the blood into your brain. I have no idea what's going on there neurochemically, but it feels great and it puts you in a highly focused state. Your body feels tingly and somewhat numb. It kind of feels like being invincible to me. I don't know if that's true for other people. In that state, I feel like a machine. I walk over to the bathroom and immediately take a cold shower. I make sure to continue taking deep breaths, though not necessarily as deep as when I do Wim Hof. I'm not trying to hyperventilate here. I let the water hit my head first, then my face, then my shoulders, and proceed to try to get the water evenly spread over my body, continuously cycling from one body part to the other. I find that cold showers have a lot to do with state of mind. If you start to think of the water as cold, it feels cold and you'll start to shiver. But if you don't, even if you just think of it as pain, but not cold, it doesn't really feel cold and you won't shiver. While I had been able to take cold showers in the past, there had also been times that I just couldn't. I, I couldn't get my mind right. After this routine, I'm always in the right mindset and have even managed to go lower and lower with the temperature. I can, I can do as low as 55 degrees Fahrenheit, but people seem to agree that 60 degrees is sufficient, so I don't think there's a need to push it, and that's really cold. That being said, pushing how much cold you can take could be useful from a resilience training perspective. Resilience training is about improving your ability to overcome adversity and challenges, 
manage stress, and thrive even in the face of adversity. Successful resilience training has been proven to increase well-being and optimism, reduce and prevent depression, anxiety, and conduct problems, reduce substance abuse and mental health diagnoses, and improve physical health. In fact, I think a lot of this routine is really about resilience training. We are intentionally experiencing hyperventilation and the release of stress hormones. We're performing strenuous activity with no air in our lungs, and then we're dousing ourselves in freezing cold water, and it's not even painful. I actually enjoy it now. I know I feel more resilient, and at the very least, cold weather isn't nearly the bummer it used to be. That being said, cold showers also activate your sympathetic nervous system, promoting wakefulness. They increase the level of antioxidants in your blood, improve your mood, make you more self-aware, and may boost your immune system along with a few other potential benefits. So at this point, I feel like a million bucks. I've done a deep breathing exercise, I've held my breath for an ungodly amount of time, which I constantly try to extend, I've experienced a couple nice highs, which I now associate with waking up, I've done physical exercise, and I've taken a cold shower, all in the span of about 15 minutes, literally first thing in the morning. And I achieved the desired result. I'm not just more productive simply because I do all of this before having breakfast, but it's a trend I tend to keep going throughout the day, getting far more done than I used to while maintaining a more positive mindset. And that's how you develop a killer morning routine. I hope you found this informative and useful. If you did, please subscribe. Follow me on steamit.com. Give me an upvote there. It's free, but that's how I get paid. And it's also where you can find links to the relevant research. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, again, at Andrarchy. Thanks for watching. See you soon.